Welcome to the One City Church audio experience. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision is to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God and our mission is to bring heaven to earth in our city as it is in heaven. Right now, we are preparing for the official launch of our church on Sunday, the 1st of October, 2023, and we are inviting you to be a part of this special move of God. For more information, you can visit our website, www.one-city.org, or follow us on social media at One City Online. Now let's listen to the message. Today we're going to be entering um, another episode of a series we started three weeks ago, I believe. It's called House of Prayer. We are still on Isaiah 56 verse 7. Are you with me? Come on, read it together. These I will bring to my holy mountain. Come on, one city. And make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Glory to God. Amen. So we've done house of prayer. We've done the mountain of the Lord. We just led prayers last Tuesday. And today we, we did house of joy last week. And today we're going to be doing leaving us an altar. So particularly the sentence, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. So today we're going to be doing leaving us an altar. Amen. Father, I pray that you speak to me, through me, for your glory. Amen. What I've been trying to teach for the past few months is that God is seeking to make his name known here on earth, in all of creation. Particularly here on earth, God wants that, not just that man is reconciled to God, but that man becomes the dwelling place of God. Amen. That in that reconciliation, that man becomes the dwelling place of God. Adam was in the presence of God. But as we understand it, the second Adam gave us even a greater access that this time around, that God is in us and we are in him. Amen? God's desire is that man becomes his dwelling place. That man becomes the temple of the Lord. That man becomes his tent of meeting. Amen. So we are told that everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are given the right to become children of God. And part of that inheritance is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God becomes the seal of our inheritance. And that because we have the Holy Spirit, amen, that we are one with God, that He is in us and we are in Him. And because the, 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 the divine is in us, we now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We become the temple of God. Amen, one city. Amen? We are the temple of God because we house the Holy Spirit, because we house the presence of God. Amen? That is what the Lord has been seeking to establish, that man becomes the dwelling place of God, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. So there's this interesting thing we see from Genesis all the way to Revelations. So while on earth, man, after he was sent out of the garden, after he left the presence of God, we start seeing men trying to re-encounter God in different ways. So the first time we see this is um, in the story of Cain and Abel. The Bible tells us that they came to make offerings unto the Lord, right? The Lord did not accept one of them. Amen? Now, I believe 
this wasn't a practice they invented. Are you with me? Cain and Abel did not wake up and start saying, let us start making offerings unto the Lord. I believe that they saw their father do this. I believe it's something they learned. Because Adam, probably in his time with the Lord, he had learned that there was a way to access the divine. Are you with me? So he probably started practicing. Probably started practicing. But I truly believe that it is not just random that the sons of Adam will wake up and start making offerings. Amen? So this practice now grew into what we now see as someone like Noah erecting an altar unto the Lord after the flood. Amen? We now see Abraham do this thing. The Lord um, instructed him. Abraham was also erecting altars. But we also see that people of different tribes and nations started to because they were no longer in the presence of God and because the enemy had invaded earth, they were perverting this practice of trying to access the divine because the devil is a liar and often he will pose as an angel of light. So altars, even though the practice came from God, right, different nations started to pervert it. Are you with me? So we do not just see children of God use altars or erect altars, but that's another story. So we see Abraham use altars. We now see where I want to kind of dwell on a bit. Abraham's grandchild, Jacob, on the run from his brother Esau, the Bible tells us he came to a city of laws in Genesis 28. And while he was, you know, um, journeying through that wilderness, the Bible tells us that he lay down to sleep in the night and he put, he, he, he took a stone as a pillow and, you know, he put his head on the pillow and the Bible tells us that he started to dream. And that's where we see the story of Jacob's ladder. He has this dream where he sees a ladder. Some verses um, translated as not just a ladder, but a flight of steps. So he sees a flight of steps or a ladder. And what he sees is that the Bible says that the ladder or the flight of steps was erected from the earth to heaven. Glory to God. Then he sees angels ascend and descend. And the Bible says he looked and he saw the Lord over the ladder. But some translations say that the Lord was beside him. So if we are to combine both translations, I would say the Lord was over the ladder, ladder, amen, but what? Beside Jacob as, as well. So is the Lord that what? Erected the ladder. Amen. Because the Bible doesn't tell us that Jacob was praying. He saw the vision in a dream. Abi, he saw the ladder and he saw angels ascend and descending. Glory to God. What happens? Jacob wakes up. And in Genesis 28, the Bible says, he says, surely the Lord was in this place. Surely the Lord was in this place. And what? I did not know it. It is possible to be in the presence of God and not experience the presence of God. It is possible. I've gone through that stage anytime. Listen, I want us to understand something. We think that until everything works as we think in our minds, then the presence of God will be manifest. God himself manifested himself to Jacob. Amen? Jacob was on the run. He was not doing much. He was on the run. It was in a dream God told him, I am with you. Amen? And he showed him 
what is happening that God, like I said, God, God has always been seeking to reestablish that connection, reestablish that divine connection of heaven and earth becoming one. Glory to God. What did Jacob do when he woke up? When he realized that the manifest presence of God, because God is omnipresent, hallelujah, but there's the manifest presence of God. God will often choose to manifest his presence experientially in certain places, in certain people. Are you with me? So it's possible to be in the presence of God, but often lose the experience. And that's what we see in Jacob. Jacob said that surely the Lord was in this place and I did not know it. Glory to God. Amen. What, what did Jacob do after that? The Bible tells us he erected an altar, but he now named that place Bethel, the house of God. The house of what? Of God. If we jump to Genesis 35, we later see something that the Lord told him to go back to that place and to perform another uh, um, building of the altar, and he did, and he renamed it El Bethel, God, house of God. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me? Glory to God. So he built an altar and called the place El Bethel because their God had what? Revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. Glory to God. So what is an altar? Let's say you're a new Christian and you're hearing about this thing. What is an altar? An altar simply defined is, an, is a place of encounter with the divine. An altar is a place of encounter with the divine. An altar is a place of worship, is a place of prayer, is a place of praise, is a place of thanksgiving, is a place of sacrifice. Amen? But in that place, there is encounter. Amen? Abraham, when he erected the altar to sacrifice his son Isaac, but thank God there was provision. Amen? There was provision. There was provision. So he did not need to go ahead to killing his son because it was a test of his faith. So an altar is also a place of sacrifice, but mainly it is a place of encounter. Glory! So the patriarchs, they would erect altars with stones. Amen? They will, um, permit me to use, I don't know if the word exists, monumentalize a place, that place of encounter by erecting stones. Are you with me? And blessed Jacob poured oil over the stone that he had erected to monumentalize that as a monument, as an altar that he had encountered God in this place. Amen. So, altars are places of encounter. Now, fast forward to the tent of meeting or even the temple. We see something. God instructed that there should be two types of altars in the tent of meeting or in the temple or in the tabernacle. There is the bronze altar. The bronze altar is more um, in the courtyard where burnt offerings are offered. Then there is the golden altar. The golden altar is made of acacia wood but covered in pure gold. Amen? And that is where incense is offered. And that is just before the veil to enter the Holy of Holies. Are you with me? Amen? Please just track with me. So remember, altars are places of encounter, right? But God in his institutionalizing worship in the nation of Israel, kingdom of Israel, he 
told them they should in their tent of meeting or in their in the temple they should create two types of altars the bronze altar where burnt offerings are offered and what the golden altar where the priest will make intercession on behalf of the kingdom of israel are you with me now if we fast forward all the way to the new testament we are told that we are living temples that we are the temple of the holy spirit glory to god so in a way we don't need to build physical altars right but because we house the divine there is a temple inside of us so if we're to extend that definition that an altar is a place or a person where an encounter with the divine or where an encounter for worship happens where heaven and earth meets glory to god we are doing this series because leading up to the official launch of our church god has been really dealing with us and he has been teaching us molding us and Towards the launch of our church, the Lord instructed us from Isaiah 56, 7 to teach us what it means to be a house of prayer. Because he did not say my house will be a house of worship music. My house will be a house of um, teaching. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not putting down these things. Uh, my house will be a house. Of, what are some of the things we think are the most important things in the church? No, he said my house will become a what? House of prayer my house will become a house of prayer we've been looking at what it means to be praying people we're looking at the life of jesus how he lived a life of prayer we looked particularly at luke 9 where we see the transfiguration happen the bible tells us that jesus went up with peter james and john up the mountain to pray imagine he took them to pray but the next verse says that as he was praying as jesus was praying because these other three guys had fallen asleep peter james and john they woke up when they started to see Jesus transfigured. His face had changed, his clothing had changed, and um, they saw the prophet Moses and Elijah. Now, I've been telling you people, please, eh, don't miss the move of God. Don't miss the move of God. Don't miss the move of God. Prayer is the place where we encounter God, where we, he is revealed, where he reveals himself, where he reveals things concerning us. Because Moses and Elijah, the Bible tells us that um, Moses and Elijah started to tell Jesus about what will happen to him and what will, what's next for him. So in the place of prayer, those questions that you're asking, Lord, what's next for me? It is in the place of prayer that God will reveal. You've asked everybody, they've told you everything, they've, you've heard the good, the bad, and the ugly answers. But your response now should be going back to God. By the way, prayer is not our last resort. Prayer is the center of who we are. And by the end of this, I really believe that your prayer life will have changed. My, my task this morning is to change one person's prayer life. One person, one person, and I want you to become a prayerer. That's, that's what I want you to become. Amen. I want you to become a prayer, not praying points. Are you not tired? Glory to God. So, in the temple, we see the golden altar. And the incense on the golden altar, we are told are prayers of intercession. So, as the smoke from the incense is rising up, right the bible tells us that it becomes a sweet aroma unto the lord amen 
Moses, uh, pardon me, um, David echoed this and said, Lord, let my prayer, Psalm 141, Lord, let my prayer be like the incense and the lifting of my hand be like the evening sacrifice. He was saying that, Lord, let my prayer be like the incense that goes up to heaven. Do you know, I was speaking to us last week and I was saying, how is it that a man like David was able to access things that we now are seeing? Because David was saying something that was revealed in Revelations 5. When John went up into the heavens, he sees the 24 elders and they are with golden harps and golden bowls. The Bible tells us that the golden bowls were full of the prayers of, I mean, pardon me, the golden bowls were full with incense. And he says the incense, please put um, some Revelations 5, 7. The, the, the incense are the prayers of the saints. Please allow me to merge Genesis and Revelations. What I believe is happening is that God told you, you think you're the one sparking prayer. God is the one praying that you pray to him. So God, that's why the ladder started from the earth. Because God was the one starting the journey. Amen? So I believe the angels come and they harvest our prayers. Every prayer prayed in faith is collected by the angels amen is gathered every time we're praying so angels are around i don't even get what i'm saying angels are around and collecting your prayers collecting every prayer that you've spoken with your mouth that you've thought of and they are taking it to the 24 elders pouring it into the golden bowls then the 24 elders are worshiping the lord and setting the incense on fire amen so that it becomes worship to the Lord. That's why prayer is worship. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are what? The prayers of the saints. Your prayer goes to God. Angels are around collecting your prayers. Please never think that the divine, anytime you pray, anytime you pray, there is, you don't have an encounter with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Every time you pray is an encounter with God. Anytime you pray in faith, it is an encounter with God. God sends his ministering spirits, the angels. They come, they harvest our prayers. They collect our prayers. They take it up to heaven. They give them to the golden, I mean, the 24 elders. The 24 elders offer them as worship. My goodness. Amen. Your prayers are being heard. Glory to God. Your prayers are what? Being heard. So how do we live as an altar now in the New Testament where we don't need now to gather stones and erect an altar? How is it that now we don't need to carry an acacia wood now and, and build and, uh, uh, and, and lace it with pure gold so that we can worship? By the way, if you read Revelations 8, verse 4, I believe, the same thing, the angel of the Lord is with a golden censer. And he said, he's with the smoke of the incense, with the prayers of the saints. Hallelujah. He said, he rose before the hand of the angel. If you read earlier, you see that there is a, there is a golden altar. There is a gold. So altars are not man-made technologies. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? Altars were not made by 
Man, it is something that God gave. Remember, I told you, when the Lord gave the instructions to build the tent of meeting, he invited Moses into heaven because the instruction to build from the outer courts to the inner courts to the Holy of Holies is not, Moses did not come up with it. God laid down an architectural plan for him that is the same as in heaven. Glory to God. So God said that I will not leave, that's prophesying later, that you think this temple made with human hands can contain me. No, he says, I will build my own temple. And he was pointing that he will build us to, a, to his dwelling place. Amen. So how do we live as the temple of God? Number one, let's go back to Isaiah 56 verse 7. We see something very interesting. The Bible says that I will bring them, they will be brought to my holy mountain. We've established that the holy mountain is the place of encounter of God. He says, I will make them joyful. We learned that last week. He says, joyful in my house of prayer. He says, their burnt offerings and their, please, I need you to pay attention to this. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. When I saw this altar, that's when things changed for me. I was like, ah, God, you said you they build altars. Then I read Revelations 4. So I now saw that there is a golden altar before the throne of God. So I, that's why I said altars are not man-made technologies. Amen. So God on his holy mountain, which is his altar, because the mountain of the Lord is the city of the Lord. It is the house of God. Amen. Amen. On my mountain, on my altar. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted. But I started to ask the Lord, why are you not the one sacrificing? Why are we the one sacrificing? Because God has made the ultimate and perfect sacrifice. Amen. That's one. But two, in, under the new covenant, in the New Testament, we are now to live not just as living altars, but to live as living sacrifices. Glory to God. On the altar of God, we surrender our will. We surrender our emotions. We surrender our thoughts. We surrender all that we are on the altar of God. So your burnt offerings, our burnt offerings, burnt offerings were, were done and um, instituted to make atonement for the nation. Are you with me? So the priest will slaughter an animal, right? depending on the kind of offering, he will slaughter an animal. And the, ah, man, God is beautiful. The priest will slaughter an animal on the bronze altar now, right? To make atonement for the sins of the people. So um, sheep, bulls, birds were, were slaughtered, depending on your, waiting you don't commit. Do you get? Are you with me? So on the bronze altar, Glory to God. It is the prayers of intercession and the prayers of worship that are now on the golden altar. Amen. So what in this case now are our burnt offerings? When we lay down at the altar. Do you know how many of us were singing this Maverick City song in 2020 and your lives just started to... It was in order. I want to be tried by... You know, it's just a very dangerous song because it's a praying song. You know, you, if you just pray that so ne the next week, something will be born in your life. It's not a prophecy. I'm just telling you. I'm just... It's a very, and we're going to sing it after this. So, <laughs> we said, they are burnt offerings. So, 
we now offer ourselves willingly this time around. Glory to God. We offer ourselves and on the altar of the Lord, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. But like I've been saying or joking in the past few years, that the issue with living sacrifices is that they are still living. Usually, sacrifices are slaughtered and there's no more life in there. We, you go, go Sunday morning, you offer yourself as a living sacrifices. You leave the altar the next day on Monday. But worship, hallelujah, should continue. Sacrifice must continue. He says their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted. There are sacrifices of God that are not accepted. If you read later in Leviticus, um, because the Lord had instructed how he wants the fire to burn. The Bible tells us in Leviticus 9.24 that fire came out from the presence of God. Hallelujah! And that is to show that God accepted their offering. Amen! That fire that God started, if you read Leviticus 9.12 and 13, he says, keep the fire on the altar burning morning and evening. Amen. Two of Aaron's sons, the Bible tells us that they used unauthorized fire. They used strange fire. And the fire of God doesn't just burn and accept sacrifice. The fire of God burns impurities. Guys, I don't know how much if you understand there is grace that we have. Aaron's sons died, and God told him, don't weep. Don't cry. Two, two of his sons told him not to cry. Ah, God, I beg. Do you know, one pastor said, it's easier to get into heaven than to do ministry. It's very true. To enter heaven, what do you need to do? Believe in God. In ministry, you have to be perfect. Amen. Please, I'm not trying. I'm actually trying to encourage all of us to enter ministry. <laughs> but thank God we have grace. Amen. Now, the point is this. I've told you what an altar is. I've told you that prayer is incense unto God. It is worship unto God. Glory to God. And now, the Lord is telling us in this house that prayer, we should keep the fire burning. On his altar, we should keep the fire burning. So what the priest will do is, they will, in the morning, they will add wood. Do you understand? They were keeping the fire burning morning and evening to maintain the presence of God. Are you with me? Amen. What does that mean for us? Jesus said in Luke 18, the Bible tells us that he told a parable showing that men ought always to pray and not faint. Men ought. What does ought mean? English student. Required. What else? Suppose. Should. Must. Like that is the norm. Abby? Men ought always to pray. Men ought always to pray. So prayer is the, is the one way we access God. Men ought always to pray. Keep the fire on the altar burning morning and evening. Men ought always to pray. Now Paul now extended this and said what? We should pray without ceasing. Glory to God. We should pray without ceasing. Listen. 
I'm begging us. We are going to be a praying people. You know how sometimes we see that church that they pray too much? Is this church you're referring to? Tell your neighbor. Is this church you are referring to? We are a praying people. We are a praying. Just get it in your head now. We are a praying people. That's what I see in the text. That's what we are going to do. We are a praying people. That church that you're pointing at that they pray too much is us. It's us. And when I say us, I'm talking to you. You're a praying person. David said, let my prayer, let my prayer, let my prayer become like incense. During our fast this week, I was reminding of the text. He said, I'm paraphrasing, I'm trying to remember the exact text. He says, the enemies are after me, you know, da, 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 da. But I am prayer. If you check the different translations, some, some say, but I pray. Some say, I prayer. Another says, I have become prayer. Some say, I have given myself unto prayer. Child of God, you see that problem, that perennial problem in your life, that you've tried different things. Have you tried the spiritual? You've tried different things. You've tried different things. Have you tried what you were supposed to start with? Give yourself unto prayer. Give yourself unto prayer. Some of us are praying for jobs. God wants to make you a job creator. Amen? You're asking God to help you in this thing. God wants you to expand your prayer. It is in the place of prayer you see and your, and your life expands. Jacob was on the run from his brother, but in that place of Bethel, of encounter with God, God told him, you see this land you're sleeping on, I have given to you and your descendants. That place of encounter is something we must always steward. Now, we live as the altar of God. We are the priest of God. We are the altar of God. And our prayers are what? Incense going up to heaven as a sweet-smelling aroma. Amen. Your prayer life will not change. It has changed. It has changed. Sorry if this is your first time here. You've met God. Your prayer life has changed. You will give yourself unto prayer. Not because it is what churches do. It is how you maintain your relationship with God. Men ought to pray. Always. Pray without season. In my return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. Now, this is what ESV says. Some say, I have given myself unto prayer. Some say, I have become prayer. Some say, I am prayer. Hallelujah. So what does praying without ceasing look like? Like I was saying um, during the fast, it's not leaning down 24-7 in prayer. But you should organize your life around your prayer life. Amen? I don't even hear what I said. You should organize your life around your prayer life. So the 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 nation of Israel, they organize themselves around the worship of God. You don't make time for prayer. You will not like, oh, okay, we are praying today just an hour a week or only when I come to church. So you've prayed for maybe one hour, 30 minutes, 30 minutes on Sunday, then during house of prayer on Tuesdays. So the rest of the week, nothing again. Come on. Keep the fire burning. Paul told Timothy, stir, fan to flame, the gift of God that is inside of you. The spirit of God dwells in us. Hallelujah. And God has done his part. He has given you his spirit. 
It's you now to stir yourself up to become a man on fire. Amen. And it's in the place of prayer. It is in the place of prayer. Glory to God. So as God is building one city into a house of prayer, I've told you one city is not a building. One city is not distant. One city is us. As God is building us into the house of prayer, he's building us into the people of prayer. Where you as an altar of God, that people meet you and they encounter God. Amen. As the temple of the Holy Spirit, people meet you just as Jacob slept in laws and laws became better. A place of the house of God. People will meet you and they will say, ah, even though you're like this, even though you're dressed like this, they have encountered the divine in you. Amen. And that will happen only in the place of prayer. Listen, I'm telling you, you don't need more money. Get me wrong, right? You don't need more money. You don't need more education. You don't, what you need is more prayer, more prayer, more prayer. Pray for your life. Pray for your destiny. Pray for your wife, your husband. Your, by the way, those of you, it's not too early to start praying for your marriage. It's not too early to start praying for your children. Those of you online, I hope you're listening to me. It is not too early because all prayers are heard by God and are harvested. Amen. There are things that I'm going through now. I prayed for 10 years ago. So which means I should be praying as far as 50 years from now. Amen. And many of you know that you are living in answered prayers. Many of you know you're living in answered prayers. The jobs you have, the businesses you have. Answered prayers. Five years ago, God, you prayed and the Lord answered you. So guys, we must maintain a prayer culture because I'm telling you, that place, that altar is a place of revival, is a place of worship, is a place of revelation. Glory to God. Now, what does that look like practically? I've told you, you should design your life around your prayer life. Uh, one of the reasons that we even pushed um, prayers to 6.30, because I started to get convicted, because I wanted you guys to have your own prayer time before you join us, right? So even if you want to pray after the, on your own, after, what's it called? Pray forward in the mornings. Let it be that you have your own time that you're meeting God. So you become a Bethel, a house of God, a house of prayer. Once it's, are you listening to me? You must, you eat, I'm telling you today, as you are winding down, instead of rounding up that series, eh, plan your week. Look around your prayer life. Why is somebody laughing in the worship team? Design your life around your prayer life. Please, business people, we need prayers. We need, you might, you know, there are some clients from hell. No, am I lying? Am I lying? Say, God, give me wisdom. Let me, I don't want some, mon, some type of money. Lying. <laughs> ah, We are going to pray. Amen. We are going to pray. You will meet God. Amen. God will reveal Himself to you. You will be healed. It's there that you you will hear your own inheritance, what God has stored up for you, and it is there you will receive strength. We're praying this cover song, and if you had um, fast forward earlier in the week. That is from Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength like the eagle. That's word, waiting. The English word does not carry the weight of the meaning 
of the word. So waiting in Hebrew is kava. Kava means to look expectantly, to behold expectantly. Amen? So it says they that behold with expectation. So the second thing it means is to bind themselves. So they that behold with expectation, that have bound themselves to God, they shall be strong. Their strength shall be renewed like the eagle. Hallelujah. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is your story. That's your journey. Glory to God. Therefore, the next 14 days, as we leading up to our launch, whether you've joined our 14, our 21 day fast or not, I'm inviting you now, please, for the sake of your life, for the sake of your destiny, can we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and tell yourself that I'm going to give myself to prayer? Amen. One of the things we are doing, and thank God for the beauty of technology, that all you need to do is press a link, join. Amen. Your spirit will be stirred. God has been dealing with us in the past seven days. We are being filled. We are being transformed. Amen. We are being transformed. It is the place of prayer that we are being transformed. Once it is, I'm pleading with you, please, the next 14 days, you really don't know how it will radically change your life. I know it's been a while you fasted. I know it's been a while you fasted, but join. If you cannot, if you if you are eating, still jo just listen, just join, just listen, Amen. I met a friend over the week, and he just started explaining to me, "Me, I've not yet joined fasting. I'm not going to call his name, but he just started explaining. I have malaria. I said, see, on Sunday, she, I said, don't explain to me. I w I didn't even say anything." Just started confessing. He has no. I said, no, Allah, just be joining prayers. Amen. I'll not call his name. Because if I call his name, he will not come to church again. So I want him to be coming to church. <laughs> I want you to come to church. Oh, okay, let's stand. Let's pray. We're going to pray, guys. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you just lift your hands and your hearts this morning and just bless the name of the Lord. Living as an altar, living as an altar, you are a place of encounter. You are a place where God meets man, where the heavens and the earth means, meet. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hearts this morning and just start blessing the name of the Lord before we go further into the prayers. And just open your mouth and just lift your hearts in prayer. We behold until we are formed. We behold until we are formed. We cover until we are formed. We have strength until we have strength. We behold until we are for. We behold until we are. We cover until we have strength. Until we have strength. Until we have strength. Yes, we behold. We behold until we are for. Yes, we behold. We behold until we don't worry, don't worry. Yes, we behold. We behold until we are until we are formed. Until we are formed. Amen. Please, I want you to hear me. God's desire 
is to have an encounter with you more than you think you want to be with him he wants to be with you and he has made all these available to us he has given us access through the blood of the son so this morning i please i plead with you please give yourself to prayer just make up your mind that i'm going to encounter god this morning and just say lord transform me heal me say lord revive me in the mighty name of jesus come on open your mouth and just pray and just say lord i want to see you i want to see you let me be old until i become let me wait on you with expectation let me behold let me behold Keep the fire on the altar burning. Stare yourself. Stare yourself. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. In Jesus' name. That text in Luke 18. Jesus was telling the parable that men ought always to pray. And he told the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. Now the story is about how you must be deliberate in your prayers. Amen. We must be deliberate in your prayers. So we're not just saying, Lord, bless me. You're saying, Lord, bless this business. Amen. You're being clear and direct lord let me have an encounter in so 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 and so lord i need you to provide for my schooling i need you to heal my mother amen god change me transform me you're being clear and direct because the parable was about how the woman said lord give me justice concerning this matter so this next phase of prayers you will be clear you'll be distinct and deliberate and intentional in what you're asking for. Because not only has the Lord said this will happen, you know, we read from Mark 11. Was it Mark 9? Mark 9. It says, when you pray, there should be no doubt in your heart. Believe that you have received. Hallelujah. And when you believe, he said, it will be done as you have prayed. Glory to God. Glory to God, one city. So that's what we're going to do this morning. I want the next phase of your prayers. You're going to go down. At the beginning of the fast, I told you to write at least five things you're trusting the Lord for. And if you've not done it, if this is your first time hearing this, I want you to pray at least five prayer things. You pray for your family. You pray for your healing. If there's anybody needing healing in your family, you pray for you the next phase of your life. Listen, I want us to pray for our marriages. That it will be strong. Amen. You will pray... Listen, women, you pray for your husband whether you're married or not. Husband, men, you pray for your wives whether you're married or not. You pray that wherever they are, that the Lord is keeping them. The Lord is keeping them. He's restoring them. He's reconciling them. Amen. So the next phase of prayers, we're going to pray, pray clear, distinct, intentional prayers. So I want you to open your mouth and just pray this morning. And just pray. And pray prophetically. Pray prophetically. Pray prophetically. If you're here and your mental health has been in shambles for the past few months, ask the Lord to restore the joy of the Lord.
unto you. Ask the Lord to restore the joy of the Lord unto you. Ask the Lord to restore the joy of the Lord. And as you pray, the Lord will be showing you visions. Visions and dreams. He's giving you to behold. Keep praying. Be intentional. Come on, press in. You know where you need prayers. You know where you need prayers. Stir yourself in the Holy Ghost. In a can, I'm at the door. Nikunina, Manana, Mandadi. In a conani, the cana, the kid, the bread, the shotolavan, Rasatanebe, the Koda, the brother. Resetted the Anamanod, in Nikina, Manododa, and a canyana bay. Stir yourself in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Stay yourself in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Stay yourself in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm giving you a few more minutes. Thank you for breakthrough, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for breakthrough. 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 Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for breakthrough. Ooh, we have overcome. For breakthrough. Yeah. We have overcome. We have overcome. We have overcome. Yeah, yourself. One more minute. Yes, I get another corner. In a corner, the other one of the other. I rather put a desk 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 of the other. I rather put a des
John 17, 18. We're going to pray for one con. Uh, we're going to pray from verses John 17, 18 to 21. It says, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Zechariah 8, 21. The peoples of one city shall say to another city, let us go at once and entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. Okay, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts at one city church and, they, and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a one city church member saying let us go with you for we have heard that god is with you this hallelujah is the anchor of our of our church jesus's high priestly prayer praying that we are one but not just that we are one he's saying that the world will believe in us through our word and that the world will become one with us as we become one with the father and that in Zechariah 8 21 to 23 he says the people of one city shall say to another city let us go and seek the favor of the Lord and the ten men from every nation shall take the robe of every Jew and say take me to your God I've heard that God is with you so for the next one to two minutes can we just pray prophetically over our church that in the next two weeks, our conference and the official launch of One City, this comes alive in us in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, just open your mouth and pray. The Lord is with us. Emmanuel with us. He is with us. He is in us. We are in Him. We are one with Him. Just pray prophetically. Say one con 2023 was successful. Say peoples from every tribe, every nation gathered to hear the word of the Lord, to see the move of God, to be the move of God. Just pray prophetically. Your prayers are being sent up as incense. 
Pray for an outpouring of the Spirit of God as never before. Pray for an outpouring of His Spirit like never before. Pray an outpouring for His Spirit like never before. With us, with us in the fire, with us as a with us in the storm, you will lead us through the fiercest battles. Oh, where else would we go? But with the Lord of all, Lord of hosts, your readers, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, with us in the storm, you will lead us. You will lead us through the But we God is with me. Sing, Lord he is for me. Lord he is with me. Yeah, yeah. Lead us in the fire. Lead us as a shelter. Lead us in the storm. You will lead us. You will lead us through the fiercest Can you just lift your hands, everybody in the room? And those of us online, just lift your hands. The Lord bless you. The Lord strengthen you in the mighty name of Jesus. The rest of 2023, you will see the hand of God in your lives in Jesus' name. Sickness is far from us. Death is far from us. The Lord is keeping us in perfect peace. The joy of the Lord is our strength in Jesus' name. One city is the house of God, is the house of prayer, is the house of presence, is the house of power. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Father, for today. For in Jesus' mighty and matchless name we pray. Amen.